Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. News team, assemble! The greatest team, Troy and Jay, the news machine. Hello, welcome to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. That's popped the shit out of Troy. <laughs> How Sensational. Are you, mate? Oh, I, I, mate. I think on Jacks we've got to open with their entrance music now, haven't we? Have we? Yeah, because I've just literally just quoted it. Oh, all right, then, fine. There's a banger. <laughs> yeah, like it's not a banger. Um, yeah, uh, how are we, mate? Have you oh, recovered right. the weekend? Just about, man. Just about late on recording news this week mate the, the schedule's been all over the gaff for the last week thank you progress it's it's your fault but in in a good way it's, it's the best problem to have um yeah yeah just about recovered from uh three days of super strong style 16 uh what a weekend uh we'll discuss that in uh a little bit more depth later on but uh yes mm. mate i'm all good how are you dear i'm okay my voice is starting to come back um just about yeah, I, I I could do with like a solid week of sleep. But <laughs> yeah, me and you both, man. Me and you. Yeah, both. I'm all right as a whole. Uh, should we should we get into some of the other wrestling happenings this weekend? Let's do it, mate. Let's WWE do it. WWE had a premium live events. Premium live events, um, which was Hell in a Cell, which I've just just won. Hell in a Cell, man. Just won. Just won. Just won. Uh, so let's get into it. So the first co- couple of quick results we'll go through. We won't go into super much de- too much detail. Um, Bianca Belair defeated Asker and Becky Lynch in a triple threat match. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Apparently, according to Bleacher Report, it was Chef's Kiss. Bleacher Report give it a plus. I will add that does sound like a good match. To be fair. It does, yeah. On, on paper, really, that should be a good match. So. Can't really go wrong when those three are involved. No. Um, Bobby Lashley defeated uh, MJF and Omos. MJF. MJF. Fucking. Oh, I'm, you are you are tired, aren't you, darling? <laughs> I, I, I was literally I was reading through the new like the whole article just to make sure I wasn't putting the same stuff as you in, <laughs> and because because his name appears a lot later. Uh, yeah, a little Freudian slip. MVP and Omos. Um, thanks to a distraction from Cedric Alexander. Mm. Man like Cedric. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens de- defeated not Elias. Uh, Ezekiel. Definitely not Elias. Uh, no. The Judgment Day defeated the team of the Bullet Club. Uh, AJ Styles. Sorry, the what? The Bullet Club. Fuck's sake. That I that was stole off Fightful to be fair. <laughs> Thanks, Fightful. <laughs> they've, they've been calling it on Twitter all weekend, so I, I had a little laugh at, about that uh, one. Uh, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. Um after Edge speared Balor to get the win. Which when you think about it that way, that that makes what happened out on Raw the day after, which we'll be talking about a bit. A little bit weird. A little bit but, weird. Sure, why not? Um Madcap Moss defeated Happy Corbin 
Um, in a no holds part match. Great. Well done. Um, Theory defeated Mustafa Ali to defend, retain the US title. Easy for me to say. And I've, in I've, the main heard, event- I've heard a lot of backlash about that. With it being in Ali's hometown, like he gets the, the hometown welcome, the pop, he's got the ring gear. Can't even put the title on him. Come on, do it. I mean, it's it's almost like Vince McMahon holds grudges for people like wanting to leave the company, doesn't it, mate? (laughs) Um, And in the main events, with a torn freaking peck, um, I I want to leave for a t-shirt. Please don't. Uh, The king of body horror himself, Corey Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, sorry. Defeated Seth freaking Rollins, who was wearing Dusty Rhodes polka dots on his gear. Top uh, shit bag, Seth Rollins. If you haven't seen it in, in Hell in a Cell, if you haven't seen the pictures, like they, apparently this match was incredible as well. I'm mm. again gonna go on my way to watch this one. Yeah. Um apparently, um like people thought Cody was was making it up and then <laughs> He took his jacket off and everyone went, nope, no, he's nope, not. Nope, nope. Uh, credit where it's due, fuck me. Like, I-, I couldn't imagine, like, making myself a cup of coffee with the fucking... Oh, mate. A thorn peck, let alone wrestling inside Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And taking some of the silly fucking bumps. Uh, yeah, uh, sound, sounds like it was a... Sounds like it was okay. an all right event uh, look, looking at looking at bleacher reports uh, like gradings of it uh, they've they've said like the two uh, like the opener and the closing matches were both really good I mean even Every... ha- Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss they gave a B yeah everything in between kind of like B ish uh, so average so yeah, yeah. might what check it out Aye. I'm definitely going to watch the uh, Hell in the Cell match yeah, I've heard for sure. Silly goods, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on, but we'll we'll stick with some of the the fallout of Hell in a Cell. Uh, Five will say there was a lot of cho- uh, a lot of talk of adding Finn Balor to the stable well before it actually happened on this past week's episode of Raw. PW Insider notes that Edge is going to be working as a babyface going forward. Uh, Finn, uh, not Finn, sorry, Fightful Select also say that there was talk in WWE of the Judgment Day faction going more of a supernatural direction. Um, and he was Edge, that is, it was uh, apparently opposed to it. Um, so a couple of things there. First bit, Finn joining the stable. There was talk of it beforehand. I think a lot of people expected that to happen at Hell in a Cell. It didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, this is the thing. So I, I watched um, just before we recorded this, I watched the whole angle where like Finn joined and he turned on them. Hmm. Um, a couple of takeaways from it. One was that like Priest, refer- the reason I said it was interesting that Edge speared Balor to win the match yesterday, uh, yesterday on Sunday, hmm. was that Priest then referred to Edge as the weak link of the group. When he won the match by giving the guy they've replaced him with. Right. Uh, Also, it was interesting because it the way WWE kind of like do these sort of factions is they always have like the big guy as the leader. Mm. And they kind of 
tried to position that Balor was the leader, but also heavily implied that it's Priest who's the leader. Mm. Um, it's all a bit... It's a bit messy, it, it's, isn't it? It's typical WWE not letting something breathe, I mm. think. And I know, I know Turning Edge Face... Um, is like a knee-jerk reaction to kind of, oh shit, we've just lost our top baby face. Mm. We, we need someone of that level. And there's not really many people of that level in WWE because they aren't very good at building stars these days. Um, so they have to bring people back from either... The dead. years ago. <laughs> the dead, or people from the fucking wild, as it were, with Cody. Um, from the wild from the frozen wilds of exile <laughs> and yeah it's it's strange booking in that the thing is though like because I mean there's obviously a lot of comparisons with the House of Black mm. in AEW and they've kind of organically become even though they act like heels mm. people cheer them oh they're over and, as hell yeah I'm I think I think that WWE could have done that with this group mm. because no one wants to boo Rhea Ripley. Everyone fucking loves Rhea Ripley. No Damian, one really wants to boo Edge either. No one wants to boo Edge. Dam- no one really wants to boo Finn. No. Dam- Damian Priest is the only one who really realistically could probably get himself booed. Yeah. Like where people wouldn't mind booing him. Mm. That's not like it's Damian Priest. That's just that's just he's kind of like not really been pre- presented in a way where people like are that invested in them unfortunately mm. um yeah it's, it's a bit weird they just decide to go oh yeah let's well, actually no it's not weird because it's wwe and they don't really they don't really see anything of shades of gray they just see black and white don't they mm. um and it's it's either oh we've got to make this guy a baby face or we've got to make this guy Ill. they're not very with the exception of stone cold steve austin and in more recent times, Kevin Owens, they're not very good at doing the whole kind of like anti-heroes yeah, yeah. thing. <clears throat> maybe maybe could could put Champa in NXT in that sort of category as well, but Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what what they're doing with them now, fuck knows. <laughs> um but, the other little takeaway from that PW Insider noted, Edge is going to be working as babyface going forward. Um it seems weird given they gave so much to his presentation and stuff as now being a heel. And like you mm. say, you're like, yes, Edge will never get booed. Edge will, Edge will always be cheered. He was getting booed, though. He, he was, but what I mean is generally we, we were saying out of the group, like, you know, you can't boo Edge. Um, yeah, the, the entrance is too cool for people to boo, which is why, again, true. The, the, the kind of comparisons with House of Black. Mm-hmm. The entrance is so cool that by the time they get there, it doesn't matter what they've done. You're the guy did a black sick on Julia, and and everyone cheered the shit out of him because then he had the fucking spooky entrance. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, is what it is, isn't it? I I think yeah, they 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 definitely needed to give that more time to breathe. Um, it's a little bit disappointed. Like I'm not. I'm not against Finn being in there. I think they could have probably hold, held off on that I think for a Finn couple more months. That was a really good idea. Yeah, but, just not yet. Yeah, the, the, the main plus from this is that um, we're probably going to be getting Edge versus Finn. That'll be good. Probably at the castle place. The, the what? The castle place. The ca- that'll be SummerSlam, lad. Come on. Money in the bank's next. Maybe. 
but then if they've they've rotated you off with the like off TV with a concerto, so oh, it'll be a few months then. What are they saying? Like, SummerSlam is still a few months away. Mm, but it depends. It, it all depends on Cody's recovery, really, because there's mm. the time frame of his injury is literally anything from three weeks to six months. Mm. It all depends on like the person's body, so and how bad the tear is, and given that he's just wrestled that match, it's probably him. Yeah. Probably got a bit worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, they're, they're going to need a big star for Clash of the Castle. Mm. Edge versus Finn Balor is quite like a big marquee match, isn't it? That would absolutely that would be a good match to put high up on the card on on Clash of the Castle, seeing that they're making a massive deal out of that. Yeah, you've got one of the most over guys and iconic people in Edge in the company or in wrestling. And then you've got one of the biggest Damon. <laughs> you've got um one of the biggest like UK born wrestlers in the world, recognized, renowned in Finn Balor. So it makes sense to put it on um yeah. Fuck about at the castle, whatever it's called, Clash at Castle. Plus if the if they do have the Damon, um and they've got like the big castle set, imagine him making his fucking entrance in that. Oh, it comes out like a bat. From one of the turrets. Yeah. <laughs> Just see him popping his head out with the dreadlocks like hanging out. <laughs> the diamond. And he has the fucking bat wings like Undertaker and like gets lowered down. <laughs> um, Sensational. Yeah, so carry on with Hell and Cell Fallout. In a post-Hell and Cell promo, uh, PW Insider says Cody Rhodes apologised for being hurt. Wanted to make sure everyone knew that he made the decision to wear the match himself. No one made, them f- made it for him. Um, this kind of plays into pretty much like one one thing with Cody is love more hate him. The man like wants to give the fans what the like the money's worth. Absolutely, and he like fair play to him. Like he's as much as I disagree with him wrestling. I think it was I personally think it was stupid, especially when WWE have kind of garnered a bit of a track record where card subjects to change is like their sort of like mantra heavily. Mm-hmm. Um. He, he didn't need to do that, but he's obviously, his point of view is, well, it's the only Hell in a Cell match on the card. Um, it's the blow-off to my feud with Seth. Mm. And I need to, I want I want, I want, want to make, like, I don't want to let the fans down. Mm. The, the, the other thing as well is that, like, which is, I've seen kind of, like, floating around, is there's the whole, um, the whole fact that he was obviously the fans kind of turned on him in AW because he was getting a bit too much like mm. Homelander. Um, and now he's come back to like WWE or Vought, depending on what way you look at it. Right. And he's get, got like a hero's welcome and he's getting treated like the fucking hero the old thing he is. <laughs> he is Homelander, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, you keep saying that. You, you've said that for ages, but I never fully understand that reference because I still haven't watched the boys yet. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I genuinely shocked you on watched it. No, no, I, I will. I've, I've, there's, there's a lot of other stuff on it at the moment, like Stranger Things and Kenobi. That's true, and Miss Marvel started today as well. Exactly. That, that was just. Yeah, I'm, I'm inundated with things to watch, mate, and that's, I mean, that's outside of wrestling. I mean, think, think Captain America crossed with Superman, looking like Cody Rhodes. Sold. Including the God Complex. That's Homelander. <laughs> that, I did. 
I did read something else as well about the nature of his injury and the extent of his injury and that it was basically, it, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have gotten worse. And I think there was the whole, that not there was a conversation, but there was, there's conversation among the internet community, the wrestling community, what have you, um, that if it wasn't fully torn, then the decision could have been, no, you're not doing it because you'll make it worse. Whereas it couldn't get any worse. If that makes sense. You say it couldn't get any worse, but surely like. Like no further damage can be done. It's not like, oh, I've, I've dislocated no, my arm. And if I do any more, it will break. Like it's already broken. Like I, I get, I also get what you're trying to say or, or are coming to say. Yeah. What I was coming to say was surely though, the extra strain he's putting on the muscles around there. Yeah. Would then risk Make further injury. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. I'm just saying that's, that's that what was, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I, I agree. Um, but at well, speedy recovery anyway, because it, it it looked rather where horrible from the pictures I've seen. On a five star performance with a with one arm essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, fair play. Yeah. Uh we'll move on uh still sticking with helena cell actually um while there was no real indication he'd show up fan speculation about bray wyatt returning to wwe at helena cell after his tweets last week led to his name trending on twitter all weekend and increased demand for tickets to the show on the secondary market look at that he's not even with the company and he's still shifting tickets but they released them because he was not a drawer apparently <laughs> Dif- difficult to work with. I mean, he's 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 appeared in somewhere. I I don't necessarily think it's going to be um, WWE. I don't. Although the fact that he changed his name to Wyatt Six from Wyndham Six was interesting. Oh, did he? He did on Twitter. Yeah, he changed his name to Wyatt Six, which he doesn't own the rights to. So that's why that's why all the internet um, all the internet sleuths were thinking. It was WWE that he's going to show up. Um, right. Although I suppose if he's if he's just trademarked the name, if he trademarked Wyatt. the name Wyatt Six, Wyndham Wyatt, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think whenever, whenever and wherever he shows up is going to be big. I Absolutely. one thing I heard was there was rumors that um, I think Fightful said it at the cancelled WES show. Um, also postpone my buzz. It's definitely not getting cancelled. Uh, <laughs> um, that they had like big plans, surprise, like plans for surprises. Um, now is that going to be his first appearance? I mean, he mates with a lot of people involved. Though. You you're wanted the world over, and your first appearance is going to be in Nottingham, England. <laughs> I mean, one of his first post WWE appearances was in Liverpool for the love of wrestling. Yeah, but it's Liverpool and not in a minute. I know where I'd rather spend a weekend. Uh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. Nottingham's quite a nice place. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, it, it's I. I think the thing with Bray is is that wherever he goes or whatever. Like, ju- just the sheer fact that people have lost their mind over a couple of innocent... Well, not 
not necessarily in there's the something behind them but i know what you got the tweets where he's basically like said the time's almost there mm. and people are just like oh my god like he, he is like that creative he's mm. he's uh, as i say like it just kind of shows how short-sighted wbr a lot of the time when they let a guy like that go yeah. and the fact that the fact that him putting a few tweets out have got, has got people buying tickets to a show that he's not been advertised for, he's not been by no means been confirmed for. Yeah. Shows maybe, I mean, maybe that'll force their hand and make them go, okay, let's have talks. Who knows? But yeah. it's certainly interesting, that's for sure. Um, Aye. Aye. <clears throat> moving on, a WWE source told WrestleVotes the lack of SmackDown matches on the Hell in a Cell card is an indictment on the roster. The account goes on to say that, the, that though the brand split won't go away for all intents and purposes, it's shot. You know what would help that? What's that, dear? Don't release all you fucking wrestlers. There is that. There is that. I mean, that that's... Call me crazy here. But <laughs> if you want to have, have a bit of depth on your roster, don't fire all the wrestlers. Like, Pete... People go on about AEW's roster being bloated, but at least they've lost like four top guys and they've got people ready-made to just kind of go, okay, slot in, slot in, slot in, slot in. And they've got people that have been building up who, again, are, all, are like almost at the, at the point where they can just, they can just walk into that. Yeah. Um, as opposed to WWE just fucking rebranding and repackaging people every two months, fucking moving them around all the time. Uh, releasing people before they get a chance to actually shine, stop, start, pushes, mm. you name it, they'll do it. Um, yeah, just, just, just putting that out there. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, speaking of people released, potentially released, stop, start, all of this, uh, there's been little to no communication between WWE and Sasha Banks and Naomi since their suspension, according to Fightful Select. The site did confirm the company cancelled all travel plans that they had for the pair also. Aren't their contracts up in July? Was there, uh, any, was there any, ever any confirmation about that? I don't know. Was, I heard next year, but... There was someone who... I'm sure, I'm sure it was the guy who's followed by... He's followed by Naomi. And he seems to be like quite good friends with her. And he said something about Naomi's contract being up in July. Okay. And then kind of alluded to the fact that so Sasha's. Really? And another news site kind of picked up on it. Um, I haven't seen anything. I, I don't, I, I mean, I couldn't find anything before when I looked, but again, who knows? But it, it'll be interesting uh, to see where they go because, again, the world's their oyster. There's so many places they can go to. Yeah. They'd, they'd walk into the title picture in AEW, mm-hmm. um, which can we can kind of use use that like kind of thinking to talk about something we're going to talk about later on when we're talking about AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd walk into it, Impact's titles picture. Yeah. Could do, do like tours of Japan and stardom or uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um they won't be short for work, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fucking hell, Pro, Progress have just lost one of, well, I say they've lost, they haven't lost, but they've, they're have they definitely going to have a lot less use of their foot 
their former women's champion. Mm-hmm. More on that later. Um, they, I mean, even if they get one of them in just for just for a one-off match, it's yeah. it's a it'll be a cool uh, cool match, cool moment. Definitely, we shall see. Um, oh, it's me, isn't it? Oh, uh, <clears throat> the Wrestling Observer notes that Stephanie McMahon isn't expected to return from a WWE since anytime soon. The belief is that she that if she, <clears throat> if she does come back to WWE, it'll be a different role. The people in WWE have been talking about poorly, who have been talking about her, been talking poorly about her job performance. A key and their key high level people who are the last people you'd expect to do so. Stephanie's leave of absence from WWE was executed by her father, Vince McMahon, the organization's 76-year-old CEO, according to Business Insider. A WWE source told Claire Atkinson, the author of the Business Insider article, that the company was, wasn't seeking enough growth in sponsorship and marketing with Stephanie as chief brand officer. When someone has moved out of the company, it's usually the result of something not working. We took stronger control of that a few months ago. Um. Wrestling Observers Dave Meltzer disputed the um, business inside the report. However, Meltzer reiterated that it was Stephanie's decision to temporarily step away from WWE. He wrote from, he wrote on uh, Figure Four Online's um, the board. The quotes in Atkinson's article were evidence. Key people in the company wanted to, wanted to bury her here. Something happened after she left. Clearly, the company did a total one eighty on her about two weeks after she left. Um, my point of view on this with them talking about like obviously it was her kind of role to get like sponsorships and marketing and like deals and things like that. Mm. I am I'm kind of inclined to believe the business and inside the thing over Meltzer. Yeah. And here's my reasoning behind it. Is because Stephanie is very much a product of WWE. Mm. so she's even though like she's kind of always doing the whole like business side of it she's still got like that wrestling mindset right which is why Nick Khan's kind of risen through the company because he's got he started even though he was a wrestling fan first Mm. he started off elsewhere like doing stuff with Hollywood and marketing and all that Mm mm-hmm got all these connections to like big names um <clears throat> and i think like that's that's why she's been looked at as a failure because he's i mean love love i hate the guy i personally think he's fucking pure evil but <laughs> he he's very good at like getting brand exposure on wwe mm. it, it doesn't it, it doesn't like make the product any better. In fact, I think it, it detracts heavily from it. Yeah. But he's done a very good job of like bringing a lot more like a lot more like big names to the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't, can't disagree with that. But yeah. yeah, it's, it is interesting that a lot of people have started. Mm. It is indeed. We'll move on. Uh, Bellator MMA fighter Valerie Lareda impressed at her recent tryout. WWE is hoping to have her signed and at the Performance Center by mid-July, according to Fightful Select. I'm not too familiar with her. I don't follow an awful lot of, of MMA. 
Um, do you oh, think? Familiar. Do you think this is like a a knee jerk reaction to Paige Van Sant in AEW? Funnily enough, she was training with Paige Van Van Zandt, uh, and Gangrel to become a pro wrestler. Okay. Um, I think it's part of that. I think to be fair to WWE, they've had quite a lot of success with bringing in uh, MMA stars. Oh, for sure. More, more, more so on the uh, more so on the women's division side. Absolutely. Yeah. Ronda Rousey, like, Shayna Baszler, Sonya Deville. Yep. Yep. Um, even like even like people who didn't really do well in WWE, like Maria Shafir, who's now in AW doing like some good work. Mm-hmm. So I think I think this is definitely like a um it, I think it does have a part Paige Van Zandt going to AW does have a part in it because they were kind of like coming and hollering about signing it for years. Who were WWE? WWE. Oh, okay. Um, and then eventually when like when the opportunity was sort of looking like it was going to arise, American top team started working with AEW. She went with them, signed with AEW. Right. Um, so yeah, while while I think while I think it's not necessarily an EJK reaction, I do think there was definitely it's played a part. It yeah, there's definitely an influence there, of course. Sure. <clears throat> um Moving on, um, sticking with the women's division, according to Fightful Select, Io Shirai is out with an injury. While it's unclear what that injury is or how long she'll be out, there are currently no creative plans for her. Um, so she was spotted. Um, oh God, I can't remember who it was now. There was there was a couple of uh, Japanese women's wrestlers over um, a few months back. And EO was on pictures with them, and she had like her elbow in a brace. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they seem it seems to be that she got hurt in the ladder match of the stand and deliver, right? Was it a ladder match? Yeah, no, the men's was a ladder match. Uh, recently, uh, I can't remember, I can't remember, in all honesty, either way, either way. That's when she, it was around that time she was injured. Mm. Um, and yeah, speedy recovery indeed. Foul show. Um, next up, The Miz could be appearing on a future episode of Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions, according to Insider. Uh, they say there was talk of it backstage at this week's past episode of Raw. That'd be nice. Miz is someone who's life backstory all of that i would be quite interested in hearing um if you've not watched uh, an episode of broken skull sessions what you're doing with your life um they're very 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 good um steve austin is a, a great interviewer and um yeah thoroughly enjoyed them and yeah i think a, an episode with the miz would be really really interesting he came from like a reality tv background didn't he and then came through there i'm, I'm gonna say the opposite i really don't want to see that Really? Because, um, so obviously Cole Cabana's got the Art of Wrestling podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously famously had the the infamous CM Punk interview on where, um, which resulted in all the lawsuits and that. Uh, right. He did one with The Miz and he found, I, I'd say he, I don't mean Colt, I mean The Miz, right. found it really hard to kind of break his character. Oh, really? 
And it was, yeah, and it was to the point where, like, every now and again, Colt had to go, am I talking to Mike or the Miz here? <laughs> oh, shit. And I think he's that into into being the Miz now, that, like, mm. the like, kind of blurred between him and his career. Kind of like the way Ric Flair is. Right. Yeah, like, it just lives Flair the gimmick. Lives the gimmick. Mm. And the same, I think, because of that, I don't think I'd want to see that. How long ago was that, though? That was... That must have been a fair while ago. Yeah, it was. It was... Um, well, it would have been before 2014 because that was mm. when... That was when uh, Colt got kind of blacklisted for interviewing WWE guys. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I want to say it was like 2013, 20, 2012, 2013. You'd like to think that The Miz has kind of come on a bit from that. I know you say he kind of lives the character, but like... But you, you, see the... you see clips of him on like Miz and Misses. Like... Mm. As long as there's a camera on him, he's going to be the Miz. Is the point I'm trying to make? I well, see. As long, as long as there's a microphone in his in his hand mm, or in mm. direction, he's right. going to be the Miz. Um, Fair enough. I see. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if fuck, if you get him to if he gets him to break character, like fair play to him. But I, and Austin's quite good at that. To be fair, yeah. But in time, I wouldn't be surprised. Fair dose. I'd really like. I'd really like to see it. Just, just to kind of stay on that su- subject for a second. I'd really like to see um, Kevin Owens on it. I would. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Based I don't. On, I don't think it'll be long before we get Kevin Owens on there. To be honest. Well, Kevin Owens did a really good interview on the uh, Broken Skull podcast. Okay. Uh, when he was Kevin Steen. Right. And uh, yeah, like that was back when Stone Cold was like getting like loads of indie people on there. It was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, he, had, he had Ricky Shane Page on an episode as well. Nice. And uh, I think he's done, I think he did one with RJ City. Okay. He definitely did um, drinking coffee in, in his underwear with RJ City. <laughs> Where he picked RJ out of the Broken Skull Ranch. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Sami Zayn, though, both be good shouts. Sami Zayn would be good. I'd be interested to see if. They would try and work Stone Cold on El Generic on it being dead anymore. <laughs> he, did, he did that on the uh, Broken Skull. Stone Cold asked, like, he, he said he mentioned El Generico and uh, being like one of his best rivals. And Stone Cold went, Oh, what happened to me? And oh, he's in Mexico with the orphans. He's died now. And Stone Cold was like, Oh, that's, that's a crying shame, man. Pull <laughs> <laughs> one out for your boy, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gold. <laughs> Moving on, final bit of WWE news. Uh, Liv Morgan is set to m- appear in the upcoming horror film, The Kill Room. Uh, it's got quite a big cast. This it'll star Aye. Joe Manganiello. I think I said that right. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Uma Thurman. Sweet. Uh, Joe Manganiello is the guy that played. What's it called? Deathstroke. Deathstroke, that's it, yeah. I was like, I know it's a DC character. He's got the eye patch. I couldn't remember his name. Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been all kinds of Aye, yeah. Ah, good stuff. It's cool. Yeah. Um, that's it for WWE news. Let's jump straight into some AEW Ring of Honor. Um, the big talking point has been for a few weeks. Uh, everything surrounding MJF. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp continued arguing uh, that MJF's no-showing his double or nothing weekend meet and greet was not a work. In his backstage report for Fightful Select, Sapp said that there was such concern about MJF's well-being 
uh, about his well-being, people within AEW discussed breaking into his hotel room to check on him. He also said cancelling the meet and greet cost the company $10,000. Sap stated that if anyone other than MJF or Tony Khan claims to 100% know what's going on, then they're not telling the truth. He added he's not sure Tony Khan 100% knows what's going on. Many wrestlers within AEW believe that MJF's story has been a work from the start, according to Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, some just played it off like it's wrestling or whatever, but others weren't ha- weren't so happy about it, Dave Meltzer wrote. Um, he also continued that someone in the latter group called it a sloppy work. In the long run, it will benefit nobody. Um, um, I, I think this is something that has started off as a shoot. I think the no, the no show was a legitimate thing that's happened. Yeah. And then because they... There was a lot of talk from Fightful's end of it where MJF was having a meeting with Tony on a Monday. I think MJF no showing that, but then and then booking the flight out was a kind of making a power play. Right. Kind of kind of putting all those cards on the table and going, look, I don't give a fuck. You like give me what I want, or mm. or I I am just gonna walk out. Uh, obviously, he had a big pay-per-view match with Wardlow, the um, they had heavily hyped um, and they needed that payoff moment to kind of legitimise Wardlow mm-hmm. so again Ball and MJF's caught on there he's he's cancelled his flight he's gone the pay-per-view he's worked it um, I know Fightful said as well MJF kind of I've been dodging conversations with Tony Khan about it but he knew that it would come to a head that weekend so again it seems to me that it, it it seems to me that MJF was probably shooting. I think we we probably won't find out until this whole thing's played out anyway. Mm. If we ever do, um, yeah. But, that was side of the ring episode in about five years time. <laughs> well, they've already they've already done the video package of it. Uh, <laughs> but I I think. Um, I think that from Monday was when it was an angle. Mm. That's my that's my personal thing. I, I don't I I don't think they'd be like tone deaf enough to have them no show uh, meet and greet and then affect the wrestlers like that. And I think mm. I, I I mean I think the wrestlers who are complaining about it are probably probably um, again. Maybe reading a bit too much into it. Maybe reading a bit too many fucking wrestling <laughs> newsletters. Because <laughs> uh, also the other thing is, I, I'm pretty sure they would have been paid compensation for having to stay later on the meet and greets. Oh yeah, like they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna have been doing it on their own fucking time, Ali. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, have you have you seen the the uh, the pipe bomb promo yet? I have. Whew. It's uh, spicy, spicy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, and have you seen as well, like that now uh, Warner Brothers and Discovery are in on the uh, whole thing? Aye, I have. They've uh, pulled. They've they've pulled the um, <laughs> MJF's image. Basically, done a WWE. Mm-hmm. Like, pulled him from all the advertising, all the opening credits, all that. Yep. 
it's fucking good work, I think personally. Um, so just to elaborate on what's going on so far, uh, members of the AW roster mentioned by PW Torch, who were making four to five times more than MJF, included Christian Cage, Mark Henry, Malachi Black, Adam Cole, Danielson, Punk, and a few more. Um, I mean, looking at that list of names, like there's a couple of like legends in there, um, a couple of big names in there, a couple of guys like, I mean. No disrespect to Mark Henry. I fucking adore Mark Henry, but <laughs> they're literally paying him more than MJF to just say a line. Hey, he's not just saying a line, is he? He's doing loads of stuff. On TV. Oh, on TV. I was going to say, behind the scenes, he's doing a hell of a lot. Oh, behind the scenes, he's doing the fucking Lord's work. Yeah. But on TV, which is what they're paying, they're paying him for in this sense. Mm. He, like Christian, he, he's there just to be like fucking angry father figure to Jungle Boy. <laughs> uh, Malachi Black, fair enough. He's a big match mover by the looks of things. Mm-hmm. Given he gets Cole Danielson, Punk, you can't really argue with that. No, no absolutely not. Um, but <clears throat> it, it is interesting that, like, and it, again, it's someone who's kind of like as savvy as MJF. He seems like it does seem like he's got a bit of a business head on him. Mm. It's interesting that he wouldn't have like put like got like a clause put in his contract that he gets like a, a wage increase it like depending on where he is in the card yeah yeah because that and I know Cody mentioned that that's how the, the contracts were structured where okay. depending on where you are on the card that's how much money you win right obviously MJF has climbed up the card did it as well it, it sets a really dangerous precedent if Tony gives in to mm. MJF like kind of demands without an extension. Who else is going to try their luck on that? Well, you. I mean, people who already you can already argue in that situation. Who and I, I don't know what what kind of bracket contract they're on. I don't know how much money they're earning. Don't know any contract things. I'm just going to elaborate that before I say this, <laughs> just in case any listeners misconstrue what I'm saying it. But people who have risen up the card in the last sort of like twelve months, Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. um, Santana and Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Lucha Bros, mm-hmm. Jurassic Express, yeah, Ricky Starks, FTR, FT. Uh, I think FTR probably would have been on a big deal. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I was. I was trying to kind of specifically include people who weren't XWWE. Ah, got you. Got you. In, in the pipe bomb thing, he did say. Of course, guys. He did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then even like, even on the other side, and like the women's division like people like Nyla Rose um, Sheeda mm-hmm. I, I'd say Brit but I, I'm pretty sure she's had a new deal not that long ago so she'll probably be on like again quite high tier of it. Mm-hmm. and let's face it if Brit wants a new contract she just has to fucking knock on Tony's door and she'll probably get it <laughs> like again top merch seller mm-hmm. one of the top people in the women's division mm-hmm. um, but yeah like it, it is interesting that that like there is that kind of divide now all of a sudden yeah but he, he does need to be careful that he doesn't set a precedent for foul sure show. foul show um <clears throat> we'll stick with some mjf news uh last little bit on him but still sticking with AEW after that uh one of wade keller's wwe sources also said that vince mcmahon 
They're so high on MJF, even if his recent issues with AEW are real, they wouldn't stop McMahon from, I quote, making him a lucrative offer. I don't see MJF ever going to W. I'm going to eat my words, give it a couple of years, but the way he's the way I, he's built his character, his his own personal brand over the last few years, I don't see him going there to water his character down, to water down what he's spent a good few years building up, is notorious for. You mean like Cody Rhodes? Behave. Um, I see. I, I don't know. I, I think I think WWE's treatment of Cody is definitely like a way to kind of go to like someone like that. Obviously, higher up names in AW who they're gonna want to be able to kind of cherry pick. Mm. As Aaron said, they have to like stick the landing on this. They can't fuck it up. Yeah. If they had the if they had the like add Cody any less than what they've done with them so far. Then why would anyone want to go there? Mm. Because it, it just sets the precedent of, oh yeah, very. I while I don't know about MJF, I know what he said uh, uh, for the love of wrestling when he was doing like the kind of Q and A session, um, where he was very much in character, but he sort of was still very candid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said the one thing that. That's important to him is where he makes the most money. Okay, I think WWE can offer him a lot more money than AEW can. True, very um, true. Whether that's whether that's true to what MJF's gimmick is or not, as in whether that's MJF being a gimmick rather, I should say, mm-hmm. is another thing. Um, I I, th- I think the thing with MJF's character is he's. He, he he is very close to the knuckle on everything. Mm-hmm. But so was Roddy Piper. True, true. And WWE had Roddy Piper in a PG era. And MJF's very, very much inspired by Roddy Piper. Yeah, yeah. So I think that while, while he'd definitely tone it down, I do think he'd still make it work at that, like, at a PG level. Okay. Um, because he's that good. Mm-hmm. That being said, where they're going right now, I'm very intrigued by, especially if they're basically mirroring the punk scene, a storyline from WWE 10 years ago, which mm-hmm. they see doing. Feels like it. Um, yeah, I, I think MJF's going to dethrone punk and then fuck off with the belt. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, moving on, some sad news now. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. announced the passing of his mother, Melanie, uh, over the weekend. Uh, thoughts with the Pillman family. Mm-hmm. Very, um, he put he put like a quite a little brief statement on, and then he put like quite a long, heartfelt one. Right. Uh, a little bit later. Um, definitely worth a read if you fancy a good cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, rest in peace, Melanie. Absolutely. Uh, injury news now. Uh, a few bits to get through here. Uh, Brian Danielson missed a scheduled appearance on Sunday due to an undisclosed injury sustained at Double or Nothing that left him unable to travel by air to the event, according to a report from Fightful Select and the Wrestling Observer. 
The latter sources say, I quote, it doesn't appear to be anything serious and that he should only miss one to two weeks. So concussion. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that if with a guy like Brian Danielson, that's always a worry. Yeah, given his previous prior injuries. Given that he's got a history of concussions. Um, I mean, he he was, he was bleeding at at double or nothing. Um, I mean, everyone was. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Hager like lamped him at one ah. point um, so Hager could have like just, just fucking legitimately KO'd like KO but uh, yeah for, if anyone hasn't seen Anarchy at the Arena chef's kiss banging match five stars by Davey Maltiel I love you know <laughs> but it it lived up to its name it was Anarchy and it was yeah. in and around that's um, exactly what it said on the tin. I loved it. I genuinely, it was one of my favourite matches of the year so far. It was fucking great. <laughs> um, moving on, AW, um, CM Punk's also injured. Uh, AW knew he was injured after a six-man tag on Dynamite, but they didn't know that he'd need surgery until shortly before Rampage uh, per PW Insider. Um, it's a broken foot. Yeah, so the... It looks like when it happened was he goes for that like springboard clothesline. Yeah, 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 yeah. He loses. He like kind of slips on the rope, mm. and then like lands. Like I, I think he landed on his feet. If I remember rightly, just awkwardly. It looks like it looks like when he's actually landed on the rope, mm. something happened to his foot. Um, because he was struggling to kind of do anything after that, really. Mm. But yes, speedy recovery indeed. Uh, his promo on Rampage where he announced it was a very genuine, real. Hmm. Um, again, he's very good at those kind of, like just kind of bearing his soul when he needs to. Um, yeah, yeah. And he looked, to be fair, he looked genuinely gutted. This was kind of his way of like saying, looking back. Mm-hmm. But when, when he does come back, um, I didn't write this down because it's too convoluted to fucking write down, but I will quickly run us through um, what is going to be happening to kind of alleviate the fact. So Punk alluded that he was going to drop, he was going to relinquish the title and then said Tony Khan wouldn't let him. Right. And instead they're going to do an interim champion. Um, right. which is, I, I, I like this. I know you're not, you're not a big fan. Um, mm. It's basically the way they do it in, in like MMA and boxing. If there's an injury, Mm-hmm. the interim champion and then the unify the two um, so it's just someone to kind of like hold the hold the fort down while the champion's recovering mm-hmm. um, so the tonight on at time recording on Dynamite they are going to do a battle royal at the start of the show the okay. winner of the battle royal will face John Moxley the winner of the match with Moxley will go on to Forbidden Door in a number one contenders match on Sunday at Dominion Tanahashi is going to face Hiroki Goto. Um, the winner of that match will go on to face the winner of Moxley and the Battle Royal. At Forbidden Door. Door. And, the and winner that will be the interim. The winner of that will be the interim and then face CM Punk at a later date. Christ alive. I, I, I'm not complaining. It's a good old tournament. I like a good old tournament. You know, I do you love make... a tournament. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just spent a weekend at a tournament. Love a tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, I think it's cool. It, it, it one thing that it, um, as well that it's kind of allows to do is it kind of allows them to like keep the door, the forbidden door open. 
Mm-hmm. Just put a little yeah. wedge under the doorkeeper open just. <laughs> um, but yeah, who, who do you think's gonna walk out of that? Do you think it's gonna be Mox question mark Tanahashi or Goto? Uh, I'll tell you a spoiler, it's not gonna be Goto. No, it's not gonna be Goto. It's definitely not gonna be Goto. I think it's gonna be Tanahashi or question mark. My my theory is oh, you think question mark's gonna beat Mox? Woo. My theory is that the person who's gonna win the battle royal is gonna be um Eddie Kingston. Oh, okay. And then we're gonna get Mox and Kingston. And then Tanahashi versus the winner of that. Oh. It, it's hard. It's a hard one though, because like they've already announced Hangman having a match on Dynamite. Mm. Oh, so kind of rules him out, but it doesn't rule him out being in a battle royal. But makes it I, less likely. I doubt they'd have Hangman have three matches. Three matches in a night. Um, yeah. And Danielson would be the person to go for. He's injured. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Ricky Starks, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, to go on to our next news piece as well, the, the easy solution is just give Ricky Starks all of the belts. All of um, them. Every single all, one of them. single fucking one of them. <laughs> uh, that, being, that being said, um, it, I could see them. I could see them pulling the trigger on Pac here. Oh, really? It, he's, the, he's the guy that you just kind of like slot in when you need them to fucking pull out a banger, don't you? Hmm. Like when um when Mox got um a staff infection before all out, hmm. they just brought Pack in and put him against Kenny and had him murder Kenny. True, yeah, yeah. Do you think it's too what, early for Wardlow, interim champion? Yeah. Okay. I I think Wardlow is gonna take the belt off MJF eventually. When MJF beats Punk for it. MJF's fucking hundred percent being pumped for that belt. MJF, MJF win the battle royale, unify it with Punk, beat MJF Punk, win a no battle royale. They're gonna fucking, they're gonna have him like arrive through the crowd shooting and then just get pulled out of the arena again. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, a, an intriguing person to have um, in the battle royal. Because they've not they've not completely dismissed that it's not going to be strictly AEW people. Oh, okay. They've already got New Japan's David Finley on the show, wrestling Hangman. Don't forget Ring of Honor guys. Well, I was going to say Wild Cancer appears. Ooh. And we got Cancer vs. Mox. Cancer yes, vs. Cancer vs. Punk. Oh, fucking hell! All of that. All of that. <laughs> Cancer is the interim AEW champion of kicking people to death every week. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, the possibilities really are endless. We'll, yeah. we'll find, we'll, we'll find out tonight. Obviously, we will. We will. Um, um, to your point a moment ago, um, what to do with Ricky Starks belts and such? Um, yeah, given the TNT title, isn't it? Uh, Scorpio Sky shared an aggravate uh, shared that he had aggravated an injury on Rampage. Uh, that he hopes isn't serious, but the observer says that he's scheduled to get an MRI. Speedy recovery also to Scorpio it, Sky. It didn't look good. Yeah. Um. So just to, 
just for anyone who hasn't seen it, Dante Martin does like a dive onto the outside. And look, Scorpio looks like he jars his leg getting back in the ring after it. Mm. And then he's like limp, he's limping a bit around the ring, a little bit awkward, and then pretty much immediately goes to the finish. Oh shit. Um, so it didn't look good. It looked like looked like it was either a thigh strain or a knee strain. Um but yeah, speedy recovery indeed to Scorps. Yeah. Uh, if if they need to get if they need to get the TNT title away from, as I say, Ricky Starks, that's a prime choice. Or just give it back to Miro. Do that. Miro was doing the actual. Oh. What about Miro for the battle royale? Me, I, as soon as I said that, I thought Miro. <laughs> absolute shout. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that's definitely. Definitely, definitely not a bad call at all. Um, moving on, this is news that's exciting for me. Uh, according to the Deadline, AW star Samoa Joe is set to play the dual role of Sweet Tooth, voiced by Will Arnett in Peacock's Twisted Metal TV show, which, yeah. as anyone who follows Troy's gaming channel knows, is one of my favourite games ever. Yes, um, boy. The character is described as hilarious and ter- terrifying Hulk of a man who is as emotional as he is cunning, a lover of chaos, the majestic rage-filled uh, killer, dons an ever-smiling clown mask and uses Las Vegas as his own personal kill ground, all while he drives an infamous doomsday ice cream truck. I mean, it doesn't sound too much of a stretch for Samara Joe to act out either, does it? <laughs> well, he's not doing anything. He's, acting, he's just got to go <laughs> Lover around. of chaos, majestic rage. <laughs> yeah. A terrifying hulk of a man, also hilarious. Yeah, he's only gonna he's only really gonna be like getting voiced by Will Arnett when he's got the mask on. Yeah. Uh, if they if they have it where he takes the mask off and if they go like really, really, really deep into the sweet tooth character, mm-hmm. which they might depends it depends on which they're staying true to uh, twisted metal black without giving away any spoilers of the twisted metal story. Uh-huh. Um uh yeah, we'll we'll get him without the mask, but if not, just Joe hossing people around dressed as a mayor the clown yes please yeah lovely stuff uh moving on what culture has learned that thunder rosa is very frustrated with her lack of television time in aew her unhappiness was amplified this week on dynamite when she was the only aew champion not featured on the show it was like her match with serena d but double or nothing never happened rosa was said to be upset and confused by the situation Meanwhile, PW Insider heard that Thunder Rosa wasn't feeling well backstage at Dynamite this week, and the AEW doctor sent her home. I mean, call call me superstitious here, but that sounds like what culture's doing a bit of clickbaiting there. (laughs) Do you reckon? Uh, I've seen multiple news sites have said, like, I think Fightful confirmed the PW Insider thing um, about the... uh, Unwell backstage. Yeah, about about her not being well and getting sent home. Hmm. Um, that being said, they also they also did kind of like they did kind of confirm the unhappy thing, and I get it because like me and Big Tasty when we've been reviewing Dynamite, the the one thing for me that has always been down is the Thunder Rosa Serena Deep stuff because they were just getting them caught in memes promos, hmm. and he. They had like a really good angle, um, a really good angle. The, 
on a go-home dynamite, but it was again too drawn out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it felt like they were just kind of kind of trying to make up for lost time. Mm. Um but yeah, the, the match itself was back. And I, I think the thing with the thing is with AW is they they do use the champions like sparingly when they are actual champions. Mm. Like in, in match it's certainly in matches. Um like Hangman when he won when he won the belt, he very, very rarely wrestled any matches. He had, he had like a few on the road to punk. Which goes to my point we were saying earlier, and we discussed it over the weekend, just going back to the early bit about the interim champion. If you don't have to have a champion defend it all the time and do matches, why have an interim champion? Um, I think it's because they usually do the defences on paid views. And... But they only do four a year, and they've just had one. Five. What's the other one? That, that's okay. Generally, it's four. Forbidden doors are one off. Maybe, um, uh, well, I think I know I understand with the TNT one is that with them doing it in the room with that is that that's like their TV champion, so they defend it on all of them. Uh, that the, makes a bit more sense, yeah. The world championship, uh, they defend on all the pay per views, and then usually they'll do it on the specials as like well. The TV, but yeah, like fight for the four so and that, stuff like that. That, that, bring, that brings it out of basically every six weeks hmm. so I think that's why they do it uh, that's why they've done it um, and also I think it's as I say it's kind of like leaning into the more sports like vibe they have yeah, like, yeah. Um, boxing uh, MMA sort of thing yeah yeah um, and as as I say the ranking system it plays into it mm-hmm. um, but like so for because um, I know you're not really familiar with MMA hmm too much with um, UFC when they've had like an interim champion. Basically, they've had whoever the number one contender was fight against the um, substitute, and the winner of that would win the interim championship, and then right. that would be essentially the number one contendership. So basically, rank one and two, like below the champion, number one contender, and like second ranked, basically uh, not those ne- that would be next in line for a shot. Not necessarily because sometimes oh. it would be. Like, Rank two would already have a match, so ah, uh, right, right, right. It's it. find a suitable replacement, which is why sure. they've done doing this like mini tournament. Got you. So basically, the, what the what they're doing is is the interim champion is effectively the number one contender. Yeah, but they've got the belt to kind of like remind, like to show for it. Sure, because they they could be uh, to make up for the fact that they're not getting the title shot immediately. Mm-hmm. That's, okay, that's the whole. That's the whole interim side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think... The Thunder Rosa situation, though, to, to get back to the initial back, point. Back to that, uh, I think it's... Um, it, it's weird that they're, they're doing more with other people than they are with Thunder Rosa. Like, mm. the, for me, the, the, the prominent women's championships, the TDS one, yeah. But then again, the prominent men's championship was the TNT. Was. Until, you know, the last six months, but don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> until Miro lost it, it was the yeah. prominent one. 
when it was like Cody's fucking equivalent of a world championship. Yeah. Um, like Derby was doing the open challenges and when Miro was doing the open challenges. That's the point. Sorry, I know we're diverting away again. It's a good little debate, though. So, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, AEW are like, we need an interim champion. Need a champion mm. on TV. Who do who do AEW own? Ring of Honor. Where's the Ring of Honor championship? Um, Where's the Pure championship? Where's the World championship? Where's the TV championship? Where's the Tag Team championship? Where's their Women's championship? They've got a whole another brand there. They, but they're not playing on TV at the moment. Every now and again, they're having guys and girls from there. If your 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 AEW champion isn't available, fine, I get so, it. Say again. I think they've they've featured some of them prominently. I think with Gresham, um, he got hurt, and then he's he's had like other stuff outside of the company that he's been up to. Yeah. So that's why he's not been prolifically on TV. Joe's been defending the ROH TV title on TV frequently. Mm. FTR's been featured frequently. Um, Mercedes and Utah have been defending their championships on Dark Elevation Dark. And okay. then they've, they've been, like, Utah's been featured quite prominently on TV. Uh, Mercedes hasn't really. But then I, I think to lead into something we're about to talk to and about to talk about, mm-hmm. I think that's probably going to ramp up pretty okay. for bit. Oh, right, sorry, right. Oh, I should say. Um, okay. But. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm surprised. I am surprised not seeing more of Gresham. Yeah, I mean, I know he, he was meant to be at Progress this past weekend, and personal reasons kept him off from that. And I, I think I saw something on his Instagram and some. But played the part. Maybe that's played the part. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe some, possibly some, like some mental health issues or something. Or I'm sure. I might have mis misread that, or misunderstood it, but I think that was possibly part of the reason. So. Hopefully, it's in, in a better place. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, it's as I say, it's you've got a whole other brand there with like four or five champions. Like, and I, I, obviously, I don't watch it anywhere near as much as as, as you and, and Tasty. But yeah, to me, just like you, you've got a world champion there already, and for a promotion for a brand that you already own, just have them on. Ele- use that time while you're AEW champions away to elevate that a bit more. Yeah. Again, though, with what you've just said about Gresham, maybe that's why. Yeah, 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 absolutely. They've not done that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I assume they'll have had conversations about possibly doing that because I know when, um, when uh, AEW bought Ring of Honor, Tony Khan had said after uh, Supercard of Honor when he did like the press conference with Gresham sat with him mm-hmm. that the Ring of Honor title will be featured on AEW TV. Okay. He didn't say the frequency of it, but he said it, it, it will. will. Yeah, yeah. It will be featured on AWTV. And as as you say, um, if there's like, if there's, well, he was talking about progress this week for personal reasons. Mm. Uh, clearly, if there's some, any other concussion prior to that, mm. clearly um, there's, there's a reason why they're not utilizing the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, yeah. That's not called, uh, Brian Danielson or Charlie Dempsey. <laughs> but he's in the top three. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's in my, th- well, I say top three, like it's like it's a fucking rack and there's not. <laughs> it's just a straight line with those three on top. Sure. Um, Chris Ridgeway's what, slightly underneath that? Chris, Chris Ridgeway's uh, 
fucking tribute to Katsuyoro Shibata this weekend. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> that, that made me, that, that gave me a newfound love for Chris Ridgway. <laughs> Turned out we're just to be a monstrous bastard. <laughs> Let's bounce through anyway, because we've still got plenty more to get through. Um, moving on, Andrew Zarian, friend of the podcast, of Matt Men, has said that the Warner Brothers Discovery folks are very AW positive. From everything he heard, the meeting went great. Tony's relationship is really strong with them. They understand that they are in a very unique position and that they have a hot, that they have this hot commodity. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah, say, say what you will about about Tony Khan, like his, his double or nothing a press conference when he had all of the Khan cane, um, <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> the Khan cane, <laughs> and, <he> was, <laughs> and uh, someone was asking him questions about Eric Bischoff, and he was going fucking bullshit, man. Oh, mate, Tony, stop it! Don't embarrass yourself. Come on, boy. Oh, Eric Bischoff bombing WCW. Jesus <laughs> wept. <laughs> Big cocaine energy there. Mattman <laughs> sneezed some pixie dust into his face before the uh, before. <laughs> the well, yeah, say what you will. He does seem like he's very good at like his old PR when he's like when it comes to like executives and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, given the fact that prior to AEW, he'd he was like running. Um, running Fulham and uh, the Jacksonville Jags. He's obviously mm-hmm. got a kind of background of marketing and um, kind of, as as you say, as I say, like corporate events. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I I wouldn't be surprised. This is this is based off nothing at all other than pure speculation on my part. But I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, ROH ended up on uh, HBO Max. Okay. Because Warner owns that. Mm. That's awesome because we don't get that over here. So sweet. Oh, oh no, not HBO Max. Sorry. Uh, Discovery Plus. Oh, okay. They, they put like sports on that. Ah, right, right. Oh, so I've got, got to get a Sky TV package. Excellent. I've got Discovery Plus. Good for you, mate. Can recommend it. I've been watching a lot of that documentaries about Bigfoot. Uh, right rattle on WWE wrestler Dolph Ziggler was backstage at AEW Dynamite this past week in Los Angeles according to Fightful Select take from that what you want Um, yeah I mean his brother works there yeah they did the show a lot of AEW guys were involved and at the show there you go dirty dog to uh, AEW confirmed and five. No, thank you. Just back to what we were talking about with uh, with uh, ROH. Um, Fightful has been told by AW Talent that the weekend of July the twenty third is the target for ROH's return to pay per view. Uh, and they've said, as we've heard things so far, they've been told that ROH's death before dishonor will take place that weekend from Lowell, Massachusetts. Nice. Um, I believe the person who. Uh, he told them that might have been Jonathan Gresham as well. <laughs> well, around the same time as them releasing that, they released an interview with Jonathan Gresham. Right. So it makes sense that maybe, just maybe. Just maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Supercard was a banger. It was. It really was. Um, and I, I'm 
I imagine Death Before Dishonor is good. You gonna yeah. uh, you gonna join me and Tasty for reviewing Ring of Honor if you got we- announced weekly TV there? I fucking right, I will. Definitely. Yes, you know, mate. You know, been there knocking about Ring of Honor, don't you? You what? You know, who else has been knocking around Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, don't you? Who that? This fucking sauce daddy, Alex Zane from New Japan. The, the sauce daddy. Right. What kind of sauce is he like? Uh, well, he's got a similar, um, a similar like relationship with Taco Bell that Konsuke uh, Takeshita has with um, Cinnabon. Oh, okay. Like it, he's got like a little twist romance with Taco Bell Japan. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I do so, love me a Taco Bell, to be fair. And a Cinnabon. And a Cinnabon. Oh, oh. Very oh, good. Um, filth. Proper filth. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that was meant to be a little segue to get us to the rest of the world. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Rest of the world. There's your segue. Don't say we don't give you anything. <laughs> oh, welcome. Uh, so yeah, New Japan news. On June the 7th, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that their strong brand will be crowning an open weight tag team champion uh, champions rather for the very first time. An eight-man tournament will begin on June the 19th at the Ignition TV tapings and will conclude on July the 24th at the High Alert TV tapings. The bracket for the tournament has yet to be revealed. That's cool. Love that. I uh, wonder who's going to be. I, I I reckon maybe the Mighty Don't Nail are going to win that. Oh. Oh. Jonah. Oh. Ah, the new Mighty Don't Nail. Well, Jonah was always in the Mighty Don't Nail. It's just... Oh, was he? he? Yeah, he just used to have Nick Miller as well, but he's... Ah. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I right. think maybe, maybe them. Um, FTR, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Potentially, a little bit of forbidden door activity. Then again, no, it won't be FTR because the those tapings are July the twenty fourth and the weekend of July twenty third is a is forbidden door, not forbidden door, uh, death before dishonor. So FTR and, gonna be and forbidden door. I oh, know forbidden no. doors this month, isn't it? Forbidden doors the twenty sixth of June. Ah, that's it. Yep, yep, yep. I'm at yours. You are. Aye, indeed. I do a little impersonal watch along there, might we? Yeah. Um. But yeah, um, I mean, other than that, they they seem really high on Team Filthy. Um, I'm trying to think actual tag teams that they've got. They've had the they've had the factory from uh, AW minus Anthony Agogo showing up. Okay. So they might they might have Nick Comrade on uh, Aaron Solo. Hmm. Or at least in the tournament, probably have the Gold Brothers show, show up on the. Yeah, they get everywhere, don't they? Tiny piece of shit gallows. Trollop. <laughs> um, moving on. Anyway, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom have announced two companies will hold a joint event on November twentieth from the Ariake Arena in Tokyo. Awesome. Yeah. Everyone needs to watch more Stardom. That's facts. Absolutely. This is very good. It's very good. Uh, more New Japan news, um, specifically to regarding Kota Ibushi, which we spoke about in quite some length uh, a few weeks ago uh, on the news episode. A little bit more about him uh, has come out recently. Uh, so during a press conference on May the 27th, 
regarding the events uh, concerning uh, Ibushi and a member of New Japan's uh, staff, henceforth the official. Um, it was announced that both Mr. Ibushi and the official would be subject to penalties as a result of their actions. Upon consideration, these penalties have been determined and in the interest of transparency are outlined below. Kota Ibushi, a 10% reduction in pay for the three-month period between July and September 2022 as a result of a breach of contract. Representative Dr. Takami Abari, a 10% reduction in pay for three-month period between July and September 22, uh, sorry, 2022 as a result of executive responsibility. The official, a 10% reduction in pay for three-month period between July and September of 2022, as well as a transfer to a different position as a result of inappropriate comments toward a wrestler rep uh, representing a breach of duty. So the official being Kikichu, right. he's already been removed from New Japan before because of similar problems with Kota Ibushi. Okay. Um, where he was, uh, I believe he was kind of skimming money off Kota's merch. Yeah. Cheeky bastard. Uh, of course, made sales. Um, and that's why he got released. I, I'm surprised they haven't just fired them. Mm. And the other mad one there is Takami Obari because he's the, he's well, he's basically he's the president of New Japan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So that he, he's getting, a, he's getting a 10% of his wages fine just because it's happened on his watch. Fucking hell. That's insane. That's mental. <laughs> I can I can see I can see Kota why Kota's been fine because you know mm. all of <laughs> everything he did on social media <laughs> in the month of May. <laughs> um and I can see why Kikichi's been fined and transferred to a different division of the company. Um but like that's mad that it must just be like a Japanese custom, I guess. But mm. guilty by association, even if the association is very tenuous not even by association that, well that's what i said even if it's very tenuous like yeah. i just happened to be in charge when it happened i had nothing yeah. to do with it and uh, no idea all right but we'll find you bizarre <laughs> mental proper mental it's like if i was if i was stealing from my job and like the ceo fucking got got a little fine as well got fined as a result why well you were in charge at the time right that makes sense cool <laughs> tell you what if, if uh Redactors want to save money. That's the way they fucking do. <laughs> Fine. But how many times uh, people steal from our company? <laughs> These views do not represent me. <laughs> <laughs> Check that disclaimer just to be sure. Fuck Dave Asda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, mate. <laughs> Oh god, I hope no one from Wales listens to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Takahashi defeated El Desperado to win Best of the Super Juniors 29. It's their successive Best of the Super Juniors tournament win. You know Gasp. what? You know what I'm El Desperado to see? A different fucking winner. Oh, um, <laughs> oh made up your reading this next one. <laughs> Ah, joy. Right, so Shingo Takagi and Taichi are set to meet again for the King of Pro Wrestling 2022 Provisional Trophy at New Japan Dominion. Ahead of the bout, Shingo picked up a 10-minute unlimited pinfall scramble match, while Taichi chose a no-time-limit no, limit, no time limit, limited finishes 10-count match. What the fuck? 
actual fuck is that? Oh, well, I've got to watch this, haven't I? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's on Sunday morning. Shall we run down the card very quick? Go on, then. It's stacked. And I'm in fucking work. Um, so, we've got uh, Hiroshi Tenza, Master Wato, and Rasuke Taguchi. Taguchi? Taguchi. Versus the United Empires, TJP, Francesco, Akira, and Aaron Haneri. Uh, LIJ, Naito, Bushi, and Takahashi versus Bullet Club, Ace Austin, El Fantasmo, and Taiji Ishimori. Uh, Yano versus Doc Gallows, which I'm here for. <laughs> uh, I want I want full sex Ferguson from Doc Gallows. Um, <laughs> six man never open my uh, tag team champions. Uh, House of Torture defend, which is Evil Show and Yujiro Takahashi defending against Suzuki Goon, which is Kanemaru, Desperado, El Desperado, and Zack Saber Junior. Um, the IWGP Tag Team Champions, the Bullet Club, uh, which is the team of Bag Blood Farley and Chase Owens. Versus the United Empire's Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn. Um, the pre aforementioned uh, King of Pro Wrestling 2022 match, uh, Shingo Takagi versus uh, Taichi. Um, Tamatonga defending his never open weight championship against the machine gun Carl Anderson. That'd be good. Uh, IWGP US Championship, Juice Robinson versus Sonada versus Will Ospreay. Whether Juice is going to be okay for that, I don't know because he's. Uh, He's just had his appendix taken off. Um, oh, Christ. And in the main event, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White. Ah, that's a big fucking card, isn't it? Bullet Club for, for, for life. Life. That I sounds think, bloody good. I think we'll probably... You think, Jay, you think Jay White's winning that, don't you? I don't know, but I know I was going to say, I think whoever, um, whoever the winner's opponent is at Forbidden Door will come out and have a stare down with them after the match. Yeah. I also think I'm going to have to mute the New Japan Stardom um, channel on Discord because Faye will be losing her ever-loving mind. <laughs> work. <laughs> uh, yeah, shall we, shall we go to the next bit? Yeah, man. Um, right, I never know how to pronounce this guy's name. I've said it once on the on the podcast already. Right, you can f- you would, can you can fill it like in to, when I get you. Can, what would you like me to read it? Yeah, go on, you read it. I can't okay. pronounce his name because when per- I do, I think it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, per uh, press release seen uh, issued by uh, Progress, uh, Konsuke Takeshita will be present at the August thirteenth and fourteenth shows in Sheffield and Newcastle on the uh, Deadly Viper tour. Yes, boy. Yet to be revealed. They also announced uh, what's his name for the Chris from Brooks for Birmingham Alamari Catch Kings, who nice. with your boys Lycos and Jonathan Gresham. Nice. Um, yeah, he'll be at the yeah. is it the Birmingham one? Yeah, the one we're going to. Yeah, we'll get to two. We'll go to Birmingham and uh, Manchester. Manchester. Hi. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Considering going to the Newcastle one. <laughs> There's a lot to get through in there. A lot of shows going on. They're all going to be fucking awesome. Speaking um, of getting through shows, should we talk about our weekend? Oh, mate, right. Progress this past weekend uh, presented their annual Super Strong Style 16 tournament. And what a weekend it was. Core blast. Um, so the first day we had uh, in the first round matches... Uh, it was Malik, all, wasn't it? It was what? Sorry, 
All first round matches on day one. All first round match on day one. Malik defeated Callum Newman. Uh, Kid Lycos defeated Maggot. Uh, Aramis defeated Robbie X. Chris Ridgeway defeated Dean Allmark. Warren Banks defeated Big Damo. Gene Money defeated Ricky Shane Page. And Johnny Progress defeated Jack yeah. Evans. You missed one out there as well. Oh, it's at the top. That's because I scanned past it. I mean, I say the best or last night. Charlie Dempsey defeated Charles Crowley. What was your favourite match out of those? Um, I liked Charlie Dempsey and Charles Crowley. That was fun. Um, Warren Banks and Big Damo really enjoyed that. Uh, Aramis and, and Robbie X was just flippy, flippy all over the gaff. Um, but yeah, I think my favourite from that day was probably... I don't know, actually. Gene Money, Ricky Shane Page was really Money, fun. Ricky Shane Page had the boss little, like, it, it, it was a real it was a real variety show because they did comedy yeah. spot then they just stiffed the shit out of each other yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then Gene murdered Ricky Shane Page with the Lariato uh, <laughs> I I really enjoyed just for the spectacle of it Malik versus uh, Callum Newman aye there was a couple of really just insane spots in the match the match itself wasn't like wasn't I say it wasn't spectacular it was a very good match It was. it wasn't like it wasn't going to like stand out of the whole weekend, but mm. there was just a couple of really cool spots. There was like the rope hung uh, double stomp by, uh, yeah. by Callum Newman. Uh, yeah. I think as far as breakout star performances go this weekend, Callum Newman's got to be in the conversation. For sure. Yeah, yeah, had, yeah absolutely. Fucking awesome matches. Yeah. Uh, that off the top rope by Malik as well was disgusting. Oh, mate. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that was a nice. And Malik's got a beautiful drop kick. He has. He has. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great first day. Really, really, really good first day. Um, however, it didn't end there. Day two, uh, we got the quarterfinal rounds as well as uh, some other matches thrown. I say some some other matches, you know, two match of the year candidates. Um, I'm going to say from top to bottom, this might be the best wrestling show I've ever, I've ever attended. I would be inclined to agree. It was outstanding. It was tremendous. Yeah. Day two then uh, kicked off with the Progress Tag Team Championship ladder match. Sunshine Machine, the team of Chuck Mambo and TK Cooper, which if you haven't heard their entrance music, fucking listen to it. On, on, on Jack's radio. Are we putting this episode on Jack's? Or is it- uh, we might do, yeah. If we do, I'll, I'll bang I, it on. I, I think Sunshine Machine should be the opener so people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> There you go. Um, Stop listening to their entrance music. <laughs> uh, they <laughs> defeated the Smoking Aces, uh, Nick Riley and Charlie Strong, and the 0121, who were champions going into the match, the team of Dan Maloney and Man Like Darice. That was one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. It was absolutely it, insane. It was insane. There was a lot of like really scary spots and scary bumps. Um, yeah. And yeah, it it was a. Uh, however, it was an absolute banger, um, and also like even like so the entrance to the staff for Sunshine Machine with all the beach balls was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just felt like a party from the get go. Yeah, I think it was a really good match to put on first because it put everyone for sure everywhere. Just it set the bar and so high. It, it, it was it was great because everyone was kind of torn between Sunshine and 0121. Yeah. But no one was upset at the end when Sunshine won. No, definitely I not. Think, I think if 
I think it would have been the same if like 0-1-2-1 one, one had the one. That's not yeah. against smoking aces, it's just everyone was everyone had the dog in the fight, really. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then obviously when uh, Sunshine Machine won and they had the uh, they had the big like uh, beach balls full of glitter. Yeah, yeah, man. Thrown round. Oh, that's cool. So good. Such a good moment. Um, after that, we had Big Demo defeating Dean Allmark. This uh, was That was good. That was, it, was that o- was... it was only about like five or six minutes, but it was just Demo yeeting it, Dean Allmark through chairs. Just through chairs. Just all around the ballroom, wasn't it? Just Yeah, they, they just rolled through the crowd for like a good minute of the match. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Demo did the murder on him. <laughs> um, Dean Allmark's quality. We then got a quarter-final match, uh, which was Gene Money defeating Malik. We had Luke Jacobs defeating uh, the surprise um, contender of Big Guns Joe. So Luke Jacobs, was it was a big old hoss fight. Uh, he was meant to face uh, Jonathan Gresham. Uh, we mentioned earlier, Gresham pulled out for, for personal reasons. Big Guns Joe stepped up and got his chest turned to mincemeat. It was stiff as fuck. Exactly what you expect from from two big lads. Um, very very fun. Uh, quarterfinal match: Chris Ridgeway defeated Charlie Dempsey in what was the crispest match I think uh, I've ever seen. I was gonna say, as far as pure wrestling matches go of the weekend, this was it. Yeah, this was technically speaking, this was match of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it was tremendous, and I think. Like, that's the thing. You, you said two match of the year candidates there. Three, if you want to include I, that. I was going to say this match, like, from a from a technical standpoint, is definitely on my list of, like, match of the year for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Such a match. Uh, then we had a, a big, crazy eight-man tag. Uh, CPF, close personal friends, the team of Callum Newman, Danny Black, Joe Lando, and Maverick Mayhew defeated Jack Evans, Ricky Shane Page, Robbie X, and Maggot. That was ridiculous fun. There was just oh, bodies everywhere. That was, that was a dance off, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yes, there was a dance off in it. So because why the fuck not? Off. There was a bit where the close personal friends recreated their Infinity War, where they were all just like charging at Ricky Shane Page. You just throwing them around. <laughs> uh, maggot was doing maggot things. <laughs> that was gold. It was so, it was so good. There was a lot of crazy dives as well at one point. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, the end spot was oh, good, Ricky actually, Shane as well. Page. Ricky Shane Page launched Maggot at the Close Personal Friends as well. In, like, the opening 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Alex match. Alex Windsor defeated uh, Eliza Alexander, uh, otherwise known as Lizzie Evo, uh, and Raven Creed in a, a cheeky little triple threat. That was oh. fun. Really enjoyed that. Um, the, the only downside, I'd say, to this, this super strong style... Uh, weekend was the lack of women's matches. That's that's my gripe about it. This was one of I think two, two. in so three days. Women's title match. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit disappointed, and I've I've been very vocal on Twitter about having a men's and women's super strong style tournament for next year. So Please. make to it be happen. Fair, um, they did the to kind of make up for that. They did co-promote the. Uh, at the Pro Wrestling Eve show, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, it was after day one. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, um, as we spoke about on the last news uh, episode that we recorded, uh, Pro Wrestling Eve do have, I believe it's next week or the week after, 
the she one, which will be free on YouTube. Yeah. Which yeah. is their version of this yeah. three women's tournament. Yeah. So maybe maybe they're doing some work progress on co-promoting that. that as yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. All good. Uh, another quarterfinal match, Warren Banks defeated Kid Lycos. Um, that was good. I mean, that that kind of felt a little bit like a squash. Like, there wasn't an awful lot of offence in from Kid Lycos, but I think it was partly because Warren Banks was injured, maybe. Yeah, but also as well, there was the whole narrative that, like, Warren Banks was, like, out for blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did a murder on a like us too at the start. Right at the start, didn't he? Just he triggered the soul out of his body. <laughs> he, I loved it when he did because we were right above it on the balcony, and he did it, and he just held him up there in a the corner, and he looked over his shoulder as if to be like, "You're fucking next." <laughs> it was so yeah, good. There was the, a bit where uh, obviously because at the tenth anniversary show we he pinned Gresham. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the ref was pulled out by like us. Mm. Ref didn't see it. Um, there was a bit where Banks like pulls a uh, like us up and screams, "I I should be champion. You took everything from me." Oh, and fucking ended them with a spear. <laughs> uh, tremendous, really, yeah, really, really good. Uh, another oh, the last quarterfinal match uh, of day two saw Johnny Progress defeat Aramis uh, in more flippy flippy nonsense. That was fun. Yeah, like yeah, just really good. Uh, and then finally, uh, the I quit, loser leaves progress match. Spike Trevay defeated Cara Noir. I, I was speechless after that. It was unreal. I am. Um, we I won't give. That. We won't give away the finish, like because we'll, no, we'll let people go I, go ahead and watch that on. Uh, it, it was yeah, progress on demand. Incredible storytelling. Incredible match. Um. I was speaking to a couple of guys who are part of Progress uh, after the show. Uh, I think I said this to you as well. Uh, as someone who's in the crowd when the streak ended, that's the closest I've felt at a wrestling event. It was up there, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, of just complete and utter like despair, and not like not knowing like how how everything's going to be okay after this for the wrestler you're so invested in. Yeah, uh, it was fucking tremendous, and Spike Trevay is a bastard, man. <laughs> it, yeah, it it was unreal. Um, just go and watch it as soon as it's available. Um, on is it Demand Progress, uh, and I think the WWE Network as well eventually. But go yeah. watch on Demand Progress because they won't cut any of the matches. That's true. Just go and watch it on Progress. They'll yeah, cut of, they'll cut a couple of matches on him. Um, the network because obviously it's people who are tied to like different companies that they can't mm. use the rights for. Yeah. Uh and then finally to day three of super strong style. Uh opening match, mega fun, big eight man tag, team Ricky Shane Page against Team Demo in I think they call it like a, a playground rules or playground called, pick match. No, they called it a four aside. Um, Is that it? A four aside tag match, yeah. And they, they basically treated it like you pick your players for a football I, team I, in a school football. playground. They even had the football. They had uh, the Champions League music playing out. They lined up in the ring with the Champions League music like it was a fucking M- lineup of the final. MVP of this match for me was Charles Crowley. Charles Crowley was... So, he came out at the start, didn't he, wanting to be picked, and both Damer and Ricky well, Shane Page are just like, no. Damo would, would pick Jody Fleisch 
and then Charles Crowley made his entrance. <laughs> and for anyone who hasn't seen Charles Crowley's entrance, it's a little bit elaborate. Um, it's it's very greatest showman esque. Yeah, yeah. Um, he kind of like comes down, and Damo's like, "You're not Jody Flesh." <laughs> Jody Flesh comes out. Charles sits in the crowd, and every time they go to pick, they're just like, "No, no." <laughs> and Ricky Shane Page events eventually kind of coalesced. Went, All right, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- so those teams were uh, Team Ricky Shane Page with Charles Crowley, Charlie Dempsey. Dean Ormark and Ricky Shane Page, uh, and they defeated Team Damo, which consisted of Big Damo, Callum Newman, Jody Fleisch, and Maggot. And it was, yeah, super fun. Another banging opener. We said about the tag team match. Didn't know what football was as well. It was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We said about the tag team match on day two being a a really good opener to get the crowd going. Uh, And this was exactly the same for day three. Um, we then go to the first of the semi-finals for the Super Strong Star Tournament. Warren Banks defeated Johnny Progress. Um, not a bad match. Like for yeah. me, probably there the, the there was a scary spot where the um, they did the Spanish fly and both guys didn't rotate properly and landed yeah. like on the head. And it, 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 pretty much as soon as that happened, the, the ref checked on them and I just went to the finish. We went to the finish. Um, yeah. Thankfully, both guys were okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't... It, it, it definitely felt like it finished prematurely. It wasn't the smoothest, yeah. It's it's unfortunate because both guys had, had really good matches leading up to this, but... It felt like it didn't really click. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Warren Banks progresses anywhere to the final, and then the other semi-final, Chris Ridgway did a bad, bad murder on Gene Money, and it, it was uncomfortable to watch. This, yeah, this was like, so Chris Ridgway never really shown any signs of turning heel at all in this tournament mm. until where he was a monster and it was beautiful. You say that, I've always thought Chris Ridgway was a heel anyway. Well, he, he's got, he's got like heelish tendencies because he's like such an intense, like, because mm. his gimmick is he's a shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he kicks the shit out of people. Um, but he he's got he's got heelish tendencies, but like, like he's never really, especially in the build up to the tournament where he was meant to be wrestling Gresham for the championship, and Gresham um, got injured, so he couldn't make it. Right. So he was like, I am really gutted that they didn't get that match. I'm, I've asked to be in Super Strong Style sixteen. Um, it gives me the impression Ridgeway's probably going to dethrone Gresham. Yeah, um, makes sense. And um, yeah, it, so obviously having to ask for to be put in because he missed his title match. Mm. Then, like, I, I I think the way he can play it is he he was never considered the guy who's going to win it. Yeah, like we were we all said the finals probably going to be Gene versus um Warren versus Warren. Yeah, yeah. Um, Instead, it was not. I, 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 I did say Ridgeway was like my dark horse pick. You did, you did. Um, More on that later. <laughs> but yeah, it was uncomfortable to watch in the best way. Yeah. We then got the Progress Women's Championship. Best two out of three falls. Kanji defeated uh, the champion, Giselle Shaw, um, in two falls to one to capture the title. And that was very stiff. Very, oh, very stiff. It was great. Really, really good. Really, 
really clever ending to it as well. Yeah. Um, Giselle got a standing ovation at the end as well. Like, you feel like she's maybe done with progress now, or at least for now. She signed with Impact. So there is the the fact that she's going to be over there more than she has previously been. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, great match to go out on if that's the case. On you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we all that was the end of part of the first half of the show, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, then we oh. got uh, some cheeky tag team action, didn't we? We had a well after the intermission before this. We got Spike promo. Oh, why we did, didn't we? Oh, oh. Do you want to talk us through that a little bit? Yeah. So Spike come out and uh, he's he's just being a horrible piece of shit. <laughs> being a bastard um, cuts a really really scathing promo on Karen Noir mm. and then he gets the security out to surround the ring um, and everyone's booing him <laughs> and then he calls out Karen Noir but he says I, I want Tom Dawkins to come out and then he gives him a proposition saying that just because it's loser leaves progress doesn't mean like you need to leave progress, just Karen Awar needs to leave progress. Mm. And he was like, so you need to start from the bo- the bottom as Tom Dawkins. What you do can't, you say? You can't use any of your moves. You can't yeah, do this. You can't, can't do that. Any of your previous moves, no packed power driver, no guillotine, no, um, none of that. I can't remember off the move, names of the moves. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, you've got to start from scratch as like a new prospect. What do you say? And then Karen Noir nods. Um, well, I say Tom Dawkins nods. Sorry, he comes out like again, no makeup, just in his sibbies, isn't it? Just like a yeah, black jacket, just some shoes. Yeah. Um, and Spike gets angry at him, and goes, "No, no, no, say it." And he's just like, "Yeah, fine." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then as Spike's about to leave, he pick, he come out with this bag, and he opens it, and it's got a pair of boots, and he's like, "You're gonna need these." Because Karen Wild famously barefoot, yeah, and you just leave, you just see Car- uh, Spike walking out, Carol looking dejected in the ring, holding a pair of boots. Uh, this story over storytelling one oh one. So Spike as well said there was a room. There was rumors going around that the reason they were doing lose leave progress was that Kara's been signed, and he was like, "You've not been signed." Yeah, I you know that. Um, that you've not you've not been signed. No one wants you. You're, you're oh, a designer. That was brutal. Oh, oh mate. I can't, I've, I'm looking forward to watching that whole promo uh, back. Yeah. Um, I believe they put it, Spike put it on his Twitter. Does he? Or his Facebook, I think. Right. I'll have a look. But yeah, it was, it was one of those promos that made my flesh crawl. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, Spike, Spike Trevay is the, for me, the best heel that's not signed to a company right now. Yeah. Uh, like, I'd go as far as to say I prefer him to probably most heels that are signed. I'd, I'd find, uh, I'd find, I'd find a Spike Trevay story more compelling to watch than I would an MJF of Roman Reigns at this point. I, I think, I think the only reason for me that MJF edges it is because Spike's very much kind of like, targeted at the UK audience. Yes, of course. Of Whereas course. MJF 
can be that character wherever he is. But universally detested as opposed yeah. to I mean specifically I mean, the UK. Spike's good enough that he could he could adapt it. Of course. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like that like that that's why I kind of like went with unsigned by anyone because mm, no I get that. I get that. It, it's very much aimed at a specific audience. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was outstanding. Um after that break, we got uh, Aramis and Jack Evans beating Lycos Jim, uh, being Kid Lycos and Kid Lycos 2. Oh, really? um, we then got Anthony Ogogo coming out and doing a bad murder on Tate Mayfair. So on the Saturday, uh, we got a... Was it Saturday or was it a Friday? On the Friday, Ogogo. Friday. going to be there on Sunday. Yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, he just came out and just, just punched the tire out of Tate May- Mayfair's. That was fun. Um, we then got the Progress Atlas Championship, Luke Jacobs uh, defeating Axel Tisha to retain the title. Another really, really stiff match. They had um, a bit of a verbal to do in the ring the day before, um, yeah. which set this up. Uh, we'd already had the match announced, but that kind of just set it up a little bit more the day before. But well, yeah, this is a great match. He's becoming banging a promos as well. He is, yeah. Like that, that, that promo he caught on Axel was fucking incredible. <laughs> when he said something about like, oh, the rest of you, the rest of the mates are in your gang have all become corporate bitches and signed elsewhere. No, he, he said, he said, um, he said like, oh yeah, I'm in Northwest Strong, the best group in professional wrestling. You were in a group, weren't you? But, and they ru- they ruined this belt. One of them is now a corporate sellout, isn't he? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> big fan of that of Axel as well yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and then finally um, for the Progress World Championship the Super Strong Style 16 final Chris Ridgway to the surprise of pretty much everyone defeated Warren Banks to win the tournament and the vacant title yeah um, this was hard hitting Really good match, really good match. Um, yeah, yeah. Chris Ridgeway was just vicious. Uh, basically, goes after uh, Warren's shoulder, his neck. Um, there, there was a bit where he did a brainbuster on the stage on Warren, yeah. uh, and then the the ending of the match was just he he just PK'd Warren in the head like with a run up. Yeah. Basically, did three punk kicks to Warren, mm-hmm. and the sound off them was horrific. <laughs> um, and then deadlifted Warren up with a brain buster and just sat just on him for good measure. <laughs> yeah, um, that closing shot of him where he's got the belt over his shoulder and the chair in the ring, and he's got one foot draped over Warren Banks of all the the confetti did, and the ribbons all over him. He did the Shibata thing, yeah, yeah. That was um, cool. That was really cool. Yeah. He- Got a chair. He, he he went full uh, Katsuyori Shibata in this match, and it was beautiful. But then but we I'm got gone. I'm just saying he went in the tour, all tournaments. Yeah. He was like, yeah. But we got a lovely, lovely moment at the end where we got who we thought would be the two finalists in Gene Money and Warren Banks, and they mm. just hugged it out in the middle of the ring, and that was a really, really touching moment. After Ridgeway had kind of gone off backstage the belt, and we just had those two in the ring just sharing that little moment to close out the show. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, and, awesome stuff. As well, when uh, Gene held his arm up, and yeah, just like grabbed them and bear hugged them. Yeah, Aww. oh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, uh, there was also when Gene got eliminated. There was that bit as well. Like as far as storytelling, Gene was fucking unparalleled. This like this tournament. Yeah, 
for yeah. me. Um, yeah. There was the bit where when he realised he'd like he'd lost. Because mm. um, oh shit, yeah. Because uh, when um, when Ridgeway beat Gene, he'd brain bust them and then figure four them, didn't he? Yeah. Because he'd taken he, his boot he, off, well, hadn't he? He was already unconscious. Yeah. So he's just being a dick. Every yeah. Gene sitting on the uh, sitting on the crap on the stage, crying his eyes out. Mm. It was uh, hard to watch, but yeah, good, right? So good. And also, uh, we've got a vlog of our weekends antics. Well, three vlogs of our weekends antics on our YouTube channel. Days one, two, and three for flavor. Some some lovely little highlights. Uh, no, none of the ends spoiled, um, but just some some really good moments uh, of of the weekend. So yeah, definitely go and check that out. Uh, that's you being dickheads. I that's uh, on Untitled Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Just search for that. Yeah, uh, right. So moving on very quickly. Let's uh, get on the home stretch. Um, Matt Cardona suffered a torn bicep while competing against Blake Blake Christian at uh, GCW Downward Spiral. Uh, he appeared at the Cage of Survival event in Atlantic City um, and officially announced that he could be out of action action anywhere from three to five months. Oh, crikey. The shame. He's having the run of his career at the moment. He is. I mean, isn't he meant to be at the TNT show in about three or four months? Yeah, he was the first name announced for the GCW one. Oh, man. Damn. Wow, speedy recovery to your boy Matt Cardona. As you say, having the run of his life at the moment. Even if he's got a torn bicep, he'll fucking show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sticking with... Uh, GCW and TNT actually um, there's the upcoming which we mentioned TNT GCW Weekender in September and they have just announced that Effie is going to be appearing there uh, much to the delight of certainly everyone in the Discord oh yeah can't wait to see Daddy yeah yeah that'd be good yeah um, and quick very quickly should we uh, just do a quick preview of a uh... TNT going off big time, which yes, takes place at time of recording tomorrow. Yeah, um, me and Big Tasty will probably try and get a review of this. Might do some uh, some vlogging for it as well. Yeah. Uh, so we've got in, on the VIP pre-show, LJ Cleary versus Visage. That's nice. Fun. So I'm sat here with an LJ Cleary T-shirt on. <laughs> that, that monster. Uh, <laughs> um, we've got. Anthony Agogo's open challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and him and RPD have been trading a few barbs on uh, Twitter. Yeah, I'd like to see that RPD and Xboxer as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, TNT Ultra X Championship. Uh, Mark Haskins defends against man like Darius. I feel like Darius might win that. Nah, Haskins is going to go on a long run with that. I think. Tracking. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I, I feel like the. I feel like they might be building up uh, Cameron Solis to beat him for it. Okay. Um, we've got a grudge match, Gene Money versus Session Moth Martina. Yeah. Oh, Gene's <laughs> all right, man. So he's fucked his hand, didn't he, at Super Strong Style. Knuckle against Broke Malik. his knuckle. He won his leg, didn't he? Yeah. Um, that was prior to his match with Bridgeway. It's pretty dinged up. Yeah. That, that'll um, be fun, though. That'll be shenanigans all over the shop. Yeah, we've got Matt Cardona sending a message via satellite. Oh, you've, um, you've missed the match there, lad. I know, I'm getting to that. Oh, all right, Don. Um, <laughs> the TNT Women's Champion, Alexis Falcon, wrestling the spectacular twat, 
Charles Crowley. <laughs> uh, That's not a slight. He calls himself that, for those that don't know. Have you seen the poster that they put out on uh, on Twitter today? Or it might have been last night. No, for that I'll, have, I'll have a look. I, I, I put it on Discord before. It's fucking great. Okay. Uh, in, in an extreme match, an extreme dream match at the Clint Margera faces Drew Parker. That's going to be silly. Um, <laughs> TNT Women's Tag Team Champions, the Liverbirds, the team of Lizzie Evo and Angel Hayes against the Uprising, which is the team of Sky Smithson and Rhea O'Reilly. Nice. Um, a tag team unification match. The TNT and NWA Tag Team Champions, ships are going to be on the line. The Kings of the North versus La Rebellion. Crikey. This is there as well. Yeah. Um, also, I, I think Kings of the North are like imminent in progress. They have to be. They've got to be. Corbin keeps calling out. In keeps calling out Lee, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Did it the last one. <laughs> and in the main events of the evening, the TNT Championship, Driller, Dan Maloney, defends against Dean Olmach. Nice. Banging up card there. That's, that sounds like an awesome card. I'm gutted I'm not going. Yeah. Should be good, man. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to be dead on my feet because I'm going to be in work from like half five to like 4 p.m. Oh, mate. Yeah. Go home. Smashing pro plus. <laughs> Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's it. That is the end of this week's monster news. We haven't done it for, for a little while, so we had a lot to get through. We hope you enjoyed it, and we appreciate you <laughs> appreciate you taking time out uh, to, to check us out and give us a listen. If you don't already, do drop us a follow, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff on our social media outlets. You can find us on Discord, Twitter, and what's the other one? Discord, Twitter, Twitch. and Twitch. Untitled Rest Pod. See, that shows how long it is since I've done this. It's been weeks. I've forgotten what our handles are. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod, and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Uh, as we said at the time of recording, TNT's going off big time. That uh, is tomorrow, and we're hoping to get up some vlog stuff for that. So do check out our YouTube and check out some of the highlights of that. We'll catch you next time, guys. All the best. Look after yourselves. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. (laughs) 